wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, June 4th, 2020. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. Turned 25 on Tuesday. Feeling great. Thank you guys for all the well wishes. I appreciate it. But the excitement does not end there as we have Mr. Marceau returning, as always, to help me break down Sunday's NXT TakeOver In Your House event, which I'm very much looking forward to. We're doing our preview, picks, predictions, as always, as we do for every single NXT TakeOver show. But before then, we're having one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions, Montez Ford, one half of the Street Profits, here on the show today to talk about the bowling alley match with the um, Viking Raiders on Raw this week, the bowling game they had, the axe throwing contest, the basketball game. What else did they do? The golf game? We're talking all those things here on the show today with Montez Ford. The audio of which, or the transcription rather, the transcription I should say, ran as part of an article on Bleach Report on Monday. So check out our chat there. It came out really, really well. But we also talked about a lot more than just the Viking Raiders Street Profits feud and how they're putting the entertainment back in WWE um, during our conversation. I also asked him about working with his wife, Bianca Belair, on TV. I asked him about winning the NXT Tag Team Championships almost exactly one year ago, planned for his 30th birthday, which was last Sunday. We talked about being called up to Raw, being entertaining, and, you know, just, you know, the the rope-shaking thing, where it became a meme for that um, earlier this year. We talked about a lot. It's a great 20-minute conversation, which I will share right here, right now. But before we get to Montez Ford and my conversation with Mr. Marceau, you can find new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on not only nextdaywrestling.net slash WrestleRantRadio.com, in case you didn't already know. You can also check out new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Play. We're all over the place, baby. So find the show, review the show, rate the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode. You can find me on the socials, on Twitter, at WrestleRant, on Facebook, at Facebook.com, backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews, and also on YouTube, at YouTube.com, backslash C, backslash Matthews. Now, coming up here on the show in the coming weeks, today I had a chance to talk to the NXT champion himself, Adam Colbebe. So maybe that conversation will go live here on the show next week. If not, we have my conversation with Rulon Gardner, a uh, 2000 Olympics uh, gold medal winner. Um, he won a gold medal at the 2000 Olympics for uh, the Greco-Roman Wrestling Contest. Great guy, awesome conversation, almost uh, 30 minutes in length. That's going up probably either, if not next week, sometime soon. So keep an eye slash ear out for that. Um, as well as my conversation from a few months ago with, with one-fourth of the Impractical Jokers, Brian Q. Quinn. I still have yet to air that. So there's a lot to look forward to here on the channel going forward. My conversations with Adam Cole, Rulon Gardner, an Olympic gold medalist, the NXT champion for Adam Cole. And then one-fourth of the Impractical Jokers, Brian Q. Quinn. 
doesn't get any cooler than that. So be sure to subscribe to the channel, guys, for all that and much, much more. But first, we're talking to Montez Ford about his recent rivalry with the Street Profits against the Viking Raiders on Raw and much, much more. So Montez Ford, welcome to the show. Happy to have you, my man. What's going on, Mr. Graham? How you doing? Doing excellent, doing excellent. Well, my first question for you, heading into the bowling game this coming Monday, um, how important do you think it is to be kind of creating this type of content outside of the ring during such a strange time right now like this where there's no fans and, you know, no fans in attendance and that there won't be for a while? Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's a good question because uh, I was just talking to another individual earlier about this and it's important to us because, uh, like I said, like right now, it's a lot of things going on in the world right now. And I think it's not only is it important, but it's also uh, a privilege and uplifting and a blessing that myself is able to give the world a positive light at this time. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's 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 good that I'm in that position to do that right now, especially with so much going on in the world. And like I said, I'm, I'm privileged and blessed that I can give the world like a type of light of comfort in this type of situation that's going on. You know. Mm -hmm. And you and Angelo have been doing a lot of these type of skits for years now, dating back to when you guys first showed up in NXT a few years ago. Um, do you feel like your recent battles with the Raiders outside of the ring are kind of right in your are kind of like right in your wheelhouse? So some of them have the axe throwing, not too much. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we're going to try to test our will with the bowling as well. But basketball was definitely not element, and uh, golf. You know, golf. You know, we gotta. We got we got some nice and decent hips, so that kind of swayed in our way as well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we got we got bowling coming up now, and I would say probably that's probably maybe so far in all the events besides axe throwing, this is probably the one where we're kind of out of our element. We've been bowling, you know, we've had bowling on the different occasions, but to actually be a pro pro and get some stripes, ah, we're gonna see. <laughs> It seems like you guys are always trying something new between, you know, Street Talk and NXT. You guys had the Monday after the weekend update a couple months ago on Raw, and now these various, you know, competitive games that we're seeing recently on WWE TV. Do you think more superstars could kind of benefit from being able to showcase their personality a bit more like you guys have been and kind of go outside the box that you guys have been able to recently? Absolutely. I think uh, I think everyone can benefit from it because, uh, like I said, when you see people on TV or social media, you see them for... Or even like me and you talking on the phone right now. Uh, you only see and interact with people for a very short, fragment period of time mm -hmm. of the day. And you don't really know what they're doing the rest of the 23 hours or the 24 hours of the day that you don't interact with them. So I think everyone can possibly benefit from it, whether it is bowling, doing axe throwing, basketball, street talk, or Monday after updates. I feel like everyone can personally benefit off just showing themselves and another light, you know, whether it's them driving, whether they shop for in Walmart, whether they go shopping for in the mall. I think it's always good to see that fans see uh, us as individuals on a different level because we're humans just like everybody else, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> And these skits, you know, it, it's so cool to see because, you know, the wrestling is awesome and whatnot on, on Raw and SmackDown every week on TV. But these skits are so different than everything else that viewers are seeing on a weekly basis. Do you think these skits are kind of exactly what Raw and kind of just WWE in the whole right now needs more of by emphasizing the E in entertainment and WWE? So it's, that's a good question because I remember, uh, I remember specifically coming up and watching during like the Attitude Era, they used to have 
tidbits throughout the show mm -hmm. of something happening co continuously. And I remember one thing right off the top of my head was back in 2000. I remember when Austin first came back on SmackDown. And I remember throughout the episode of SmackDown, you know, they would have a rattlesnake here or they have something here. And it just kept teasing about Austin finally returning. And so when Austin finally returned, it was, it was the big reveal at the end of the, of the night. But my point of saying all that is, like, back back in the Attitude area and, and coming up, that's most of the, this is how most of the stuff I did, so, or see. So it's like, we're kind of like making that second wave around when it comes to entertainment purposes. And then it also helps for everyone else to, like, not just have matches just inside of performance theater and mm -hmm. just see different personalities outside of performance theater. And if the feud extends beyond the bowling game this come Monday night, what other forms of competition do you guys hope to kind of try out, including anything that you may have a hidden talent for that we just don't know about? So we can we can have a barbecue cook-off. We can have a swimming, swimming contest. We can have a, a, a bodybuilding pose-down. We can have a, a sneaker contest. We can have – I definitely would like to have uh, – uh, a candy contest myself personally. I love candy. Mm -hmm. A lot of candy. Uh, <laughs> just like we have so many different like events and stuff that we can explore just because we have so many different personalities involved in it. And, you know, me and some of the, me and Doss were talking about some of the other things we could possibly do. But we do have bowling coming up. And besides axe throwing, that is another thing where kind of out of our element. But, you know, you know, like we... And with, they said what they said, and we gotta we gotta make sure they eat their words, you know. Mm -hmm. And and with the golf game specifically on Monday, what I thoroughly enjoyed were the references to Caddyshack and Happy Gilmore. I thought those were great; those were not lost on me. Um, any chance that you guys watch? Uh, you kind of draw some in inspiration from the Big Lebowski going in the bowling game with Nash Bridges, not Nash Bridges, uh, Jeff Bridges <laughs> uh, going into Monday. Uh, you know what? Uh... Without without even giving I guess too many details, I yeah. think I'm going to challenge. I'm, I, I may possibly challenge ch channel my inner uh, Big Lebowski because <laughs> uh, that's a it's a very classic movie, uh, very 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 classic movie. And I'm pretty like I said, you've seen it, and uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to challenge our inner you know Big Lebowski and uh, make sure we get some strikes. And I know this is different from baseball. Strikes are actually good in this sport. Mm -hmm. Even though baseball is not good. So that was one of the confusing parts I had to adapt to going into this. <laughs> and have you guys kind of looked at the competition segments from so many years ago? Because a lot of people are drawing inspiration to the segments that MVP and Matt Hardy did actually on SmackDown over a decade ago, way back when in 2007. Have you guys kind of used that as inspiration for your feud at all? So... Yeah, yes, we had uh, one of the things that we wanted to do specifically when it came to the different mini events that people had in the past. Because I remember even one time, Mark Henry and Ryback had a bench press uh, yes. competition that yeah, they did. Yeah. And, um, and I remember Cesaro had like a best of seven series. So one of the things that we took as inspiration from seeing all those things growing up is doing something completely different and making sure that uh, each event that we do is completely different and that is it just gives everyone a different wave of looking at because like even when you go see the fast the fast and Furious series or if you go see a saw movie or any type of franchise that has more than uh four movies lined up behind each other mm -hmm. you want you always do want to see like granted you want to see the characters but you also want to see a different setting when it comes to whatever they're trying to accomplish and that's what we tried to do with pretty much all these skits 
And how has it been like for you having your wife, Bianca Belair, by your side since she kind of made the move to Monday nights and how she kind of feels like a natural fit alongside the Street Profits? Oh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm loving it. I, I, I don't know if she's loving it more or I'm <laughs> loving it more. I think it's basically equal by how we mm-hmm. feel about it, but it's always good, too, because, you know, we're on the road so much, travel so much, and, you know, we go through so much, uh, you know, outside of not only performance center, but just traveling and everyday, day-to-day stuff. So having my partner in crime with the life beside me there uh, now is, is, is even more easier because, uh, before, you know, we have so many times on the road and days away, and that's kind of like went back to how it was when I was in NXT. So mm-hmm. we're both enjoying it right now. We're loving it, man. You know, she mm-hmm. she like my, uh, I'm like her shadow. She's like my shadow. <laughs> and did you guys ever have any aspirations of working together while you were in NXT, or are you guys just kind of content doing your own things at that point? Uh, it was uh, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those things where, like, uh, you know, obviously, uh, with her being part of the women's division and me part of being the men's division, like working together is, you know, besides mixed match challenges, it's, it's uh, and you know, it's, it's kind of not that it's difficult, but besides mixed match challenges, it comes for a lot of, like, for her to get her stride individually, for me to get my stride individually, but still work together as a cohesive unit, you know, mm-hmm. and just. Because I didn't want it, like, neither one of us initially wanted to just, like, okay, let's just get put together and, you know, not try to, you know, we just wanted to try other things. And also, while she's trying to think, me trying other things, also having that mutual support, you know? Mm-hmm. So just because just because we wasn't an act together doesn't mean that we couldn't support one another. So it's just good that now uh, we all kind of, like, met. Do you have any favorite piece of gear that Bianca has made for you over the last couple of years, or does she only really work in her own gear? So uh, she she makes all of her gear. Okay, uh, we have uh, we do have a gear lady because I don't want too much stress and time for my wife doing our gear as well. Mm-hmm. She does so much work into hers, so I have a gear lady that does our gear, but. Uh, my favorite piece that she's made for myself so far, personally, will probably have to be the, the golf pants that I wore last Monday mm-hmm. on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and so I would say those are my favorite so far just because uh, I knew she makes her gear and she tailors it and everything. But now that I figured out that I can just basically buy fabric and she can make me pants at the house, I have a new tailor. So that's why I'm... <laughs> So that's why I'm really excited about that. But yeah, I would definitely say the golf pants from last Raw. Now we're coming up on Monday, June 1st of 2019, the exact one-year anniversary of when you and Angela won the NXT Tag Team titles at TakeOver 25. I was there. I was here in Connecticut. It was a great show, great match, great moment. After being in NXT for almost uh, about two years by that point, did you ever think you would become the NXT Tag Team Champions, or would it be one of those things where you might be moved up without winning the Tag Team titles? Because that's happened with some few teams in the past. True. Um... I, it was always it was always a goal. It was always a mission. It was always something that we wanted to do. But at the same time, uh, we know how we know how the business works, and we know that some people may be called away before they actually get a chance to do so. Mm-hmm. And the main thing that I wanted to make sure that we did was that no matter no matter if it happened or when it happened, that me and doctors were ready. And um, 
when it when it happened, I, I, I got to tell you, like, it was probably one of the most probably one of the most scariest moments of my life because <laughs> because the last the last the last part before the end of the match, I had to pretty much jump from the top of the rope yeah. to the ladder and get the dog on the <laughs> Everything pretty much blacked out at that point, but I think. It finally hit and realized that we could and that we did do this is when, you know, it was all over. But like I said, backtracking on everything, uh, it's one of the things that you don't really know because how this place works. But mm-hmm. I did want, I did want to make sure that us team that we were ready and that no matter what, that if it did happen, when it happened, that the fans in the world would say, you know what, those are guys. Mm-hmm. Street Fighters, they deserve it, so... And the timing just seemed to work out perfectly, too. I mean, I was kind of hoping selfishly it would happen at the Barclays Center over Mania Weekend. And I'm like, oh, if it doesn't happen here, it may not happen. But, of course, it was only two months later they guys won the tag team title. So it kind of worked out perfectly timing-wise. Um, but how did that right. experience, you know, kind of compare to winning the Raw tag team titles just a couple months ago? And not just that, but the fact that it was one of the final Raws with an actual audience in attendance at the actually at the Barclays Center. Yep, that's very true. So it's, it's, it's really... They're, they're two separate moments, and it's so hard to compare them both mm-hmm. because, like, man, like, it's, it's, I feel like every crowd uh, has, like, a different atmosphere, a different feeling. Barclays, obviously, like you said, it was the last one of the few times that we was actually in front of a live crowd. And, like, for us to do something like that was such a, like, pretty much some people, as we were talking about, they were saying, like, how uh, some of the guys there, it was saying, like, hey, like, the Barclays Center is kind of turning into like the new Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And they're saying like the Barclays Center is kind of like creating its own history. So it was very uh, great, blessed, and important for us to not only make a march in the Barclays Center, but just being one of the, you know, the new, like being part of history of the Barclays Center pretty mm-hmm. much. And, and, and like I said, that's, and then obviously doing that in Connecticut and, uh, Win the tag team and the raw, uh, win the NXT tag team titles and the raw tag team titles differently is in, in just placing our mark as in making these moments in separate times in different areas. It's just adding on to what we can do as the tag team. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's very important when it comes to our next job resume. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you know, just a couple weeks after winning the NXT tag team titles, you guys started showing up on Raw on a more regular basis. Um, at that point, were you guys ever told what the plan was for the Street Profits upon being brought up to the main roster or were, you know, while still also making appearances in NXT around that point? No, uh, at that time, uh, to, to you know, throw out the cup. Like at the time, I don't think it was. I don't think there's really necessarily a set plan for uh, for us when we you know make the transition mm-hmm. because we just got the call. I got the call when I was you know, uh, like it was one of those calls where it's just out of the blue, and you <laughs> fly to the city, and then you pretty much, hey, this is what's happening, and. At first, we thought it was just like, okay, we're going to still do NHT and then, you know, make our regular appearance on Monday Night Raw, and then it starts turning into a weekly thing. And then it starts turning into like, whoa, this is happening every week. This is happening all the time. And then eventually, the draft happened, and so that kind of like solidified, you know, our uh, back-and-forth presence between NHT and Monday Night Raw. And I think one of the main things that helped us out was, you know, there wasn't really a clear direction when we got there, but the best thing they told us was, like, you know, you guys just be yourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 
I just worked in my favor schedule. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of worked out amazingly well, and I ended up, you know, it was months before you guys ended up wrestling a match, but you would never tell because the segments were so entertaining from week to week. Um, and then it was just, you know, right after you guys showed up permanently on Raw that you kind of became a meme of sorts with the shaking of the ropes Ultimate Warrior style, and we've kind of seen, you know, <laughs> similar entertaining mannerisms for you, even in the empty performance center, you know, era that we're currently living in. Um, are you and Angelo kind of always looking for new ways to entertain the audience by kind of simply entertaining yourselves? Uh, all the time. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I was like, uh, like I, I I think I was, I don't know if it was you or the last guy, but I was telling, like, uh, when me and Doc's, you know, outside of the camera, it's probably a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, we'll probably have to get censored and, and, and you know, words censored. and just, But, no, just playing. But <laughs> me and him, like, we just, uh, we just try to find new ways to, like you said, entertain the crowd. And, like I said, we have the opportunity and privilege of making a difference in your life, a fan's life, an individual's life. Mm-hmm. And we just have different and infinite ways of just bringing the joy or the laughter, confusion, or anything, you know, anything to evoke a type of information, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, emotion. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I think we're just blessed and privileged to be in this spot, man, and like, you don't really have any intentions of slowing down, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just last week, got to ask you this as well, it was just last week uh, that Chad Gaspard, former WWE superstar, had uh, tragically passed away. He had said actually in one of his final interviews about a year ago that he and JTG as crime time, actually if there was any team they wanted to face in WWE, was the Street Profits. Um, did you have any knowledge of that or did he ever reach out privately to kind of tell you how big of a fan of your guys' work that he was? Yes, uh, I did see that uh, interview and uh, just coming from First of all, uh, rest in power to my great friend, uh, mm-hmm. somebody I looked up to growing up to uh, from crime time and just being one of the individuals that paved the way and made a way for myself. Dark is too entertained to you all today. But I saw that in the interview and uh, it just I was honored. I was honored. I was so honored to uh, be recognized by someone that I recognize coming up. Mm-hmm. And for him to actually want and be willing and able to work with us, and, and it was, I was just honored. I was honored. I was taken back. And, you know, unfortunately, like, we never got a chance to actually make that magic happen. And that's one of the things I always, like, you know, take to the grave with me. But I do know for sure myself, uh, because of, you know, his legacy and everything he's done for us, that I'll make sure that, you know, we carry on, like, we carry on everything, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but for him to like actually want to work with us, like I said, was I was speechless. I was speechless. I was taken back, and like I said, unfortunately, when they were to make that magic, not in this lifetime, but in this next lifetime, we definitely had that match mm-hmm. with that up. So, and finally, with your thirtieth birthday coming up on Sunday, how do you and Angelo and or Bianca plan to celebrate the occasion as kind of things start to slowly open up again? Man, so it's, that's I've been trying to figure out all week, man. Because they both, all of them, been like all oh, quiet. They've been weird. I can't go in certain places in the house. Mm-hmm. I can't watch this. So I'm just like, I don't know what they got going on. So I'm just, I'm just like right now, I'm outside talking to you. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out what's really going on. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you can but do. In, in, all, in, in, in all fairness, like I, I do the same thing. Like especially when it comes to her, like I do the same thing with her. We always you know, try to have, like, these surprises and stuff that sure. we got going on. So, 
and we try to like pretty much outdo each other. So we'll we'll see what they got cooking up Sunday. As long as I get a pack of gum. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's all about the simple things. Well, thanks a lot, Montez, for your time. Appreciate it. Best of luck on Monday and happy early birthday. Thank you so much, sir. I hope you be safe as well. Thanks. You as well, Montez. Great talking. Have a great one. You too. Big thanks once again to Montez Ford for his time. Had a lot of fun talking to him. Just seems like a genuinely great guy. And I, for one, am very excited to see what the future holds for him on Raw, whether it be on his own, with the Street Profits, or what have you. That being said, though, it's time to throw it to my conversation with Mr. Marceau to talk all things NXT TakeOver in your house. Mr. Marceau, welcome back to the show. How are you, my friend? Doing well. How are you? <laughs> Doing great. So today we're talking NXT TakeOver in your house. On a scale from 1 to 10, how excited are you for the event, and what are your thoughts on it happening on a Sunday rather than a Saturday? They're probably like a 7, 8. I'd rather it be on a Saturday. Saturday's just a nicer day. Um, but the, I don't think the show will run too long, so I don't mind on Sunday. Yeah, I was gonna say I was um I was gonna say our, our thoughts on it being on a Sunday compared to Saturday, but I know we talked about that a couple months ago when we did the Takeover Portland predictions back in February. Not a fan of it, but um it is what it is. I know the the last Sunday show was great. I would prefer it on a Saturday personally. But uh, it still should be a great show nonetheless. As of this recording, we are recording this before um, NXT on Wednesday, so we have five matches advertised. They could always add a sixth one or announce a kickoff match, which I, I really hope they don't. Um, I don't know. I don't think they did a kickoff match in February at the Portland show. I know they did one for War Games. They announced like Garza and Isaiah Swerve Scott at the last second. So uh, hopefully, it's just these five matches. If there are any more matches to be added, I guess it's irrelevant after you know the time that NXT airs. But do you think it might be? I guess we're getting Candice and Mia Yim tonight. Any more matches you think that could be added to the show at the last minute? Uh, maybe if the uh, Cruiserweight title match doesn't end cleanly, they could do it again on Sunday. Um, besides that, I can't really think of anything on the top of my head. Yeah, and they, they kind of blew through a lot of stuff on TV lately between Riddle and Thatcher. They did, you know, which we talked about last week. They're doing, you know, Maverick and El Iho, uh, Del Fantasma for the interim, you know, NXT Cruiserweight Championship on Wednesday's NXT. So, yeah, I can't really think of any matches they would add. They're doing Candice and Mia Yim this week as well on TV. So I think five is good. Usually TakeOver is about five matches. I think five is uh, is plenty. Um, random question, but have you rewatched that? I think I already know the answer to the uh, the answer to this question. Have you rewatched Takeover Twenty Five from a year ago this week recently? I watched it. I don't think it was Monday night. I watched it. Did you watch the whole show or just the main event? Uh, I watched uh, Eo Lose and the main event. <laughs> The more things change, the more they stay the same. Io Shirai in an NXT Women's Championship match, and exactly a year later, and probably before we get to the predictions on the losing end, right? She's not losing on Sunday. Not losing! Wow, spoiler alert for Mr. Marceau's predictions over here. What'd you say? Over my dead body. (laughs) Before we get to, uh, well, speaking of dead bodies, before we get to, you know, takeover predictions, gotta talk about this. Kyrie Sane, almost a dead body in Monday's Raw courtesy Nia Jax. I mean, we're, we're primarily focusing on the TakeOver predictions today, but I do got to get your two cents on this because we talked about it before we went live here. I had you ask about it for hashtag on Wednesday, but you know, you, you're very uh, fired up about this as you should be. Nia Jax almost essentially, no hyperbole here, murdering Kyrie saying the last couple matches they've had on TV. What's got to be done about Nia Jax, RJ? What the hell is going on here with Nia Jax almost injuring every performer that she steps in the ring with? If I was Kyrie, I would refuse to work with her. I mean, it's two separate situations that she almost literally 
killed by Nia Jax. She's just so goddamn reckless. I, I don't see their obsession with her. She's not that good in the ring, and she's not good on the mic. Hell, she could be a really good person in real life. Don't know her. Hell, hey, might be the nicest person of all time, but she is terrible <laughs> as a wrestler. It's, I just don't know what they see in her. They should send her back down to NXT. Like you said earlier, like they did the big show back in the day, and same with Mark Henry, until she can figure out how not to basically injure every person she wrestles. And it's more like they really need her right now. That the women's division's fine. They don't need her because she's trash anyways. <laughs> her back down to NXT. Uh, you shouldn't even be on TV either. Go send her back to the beginner course. Um, have her do that for a little bit until she can prove that she's not so reckless in the ring. And then, I mean, I wouldn't bring her back because she's terrible, but... If you feel accomplished since she's the Rock's cousin, you got to bring her back, bring her back. But I, I would be fine if she would no longer wrestle with uh, for the WWE. Hey, listen, I completely agree. Now, I know you're a Rollins fan, so how do you feel about the Buckle Bomb reportedly getting banned by the company after Nia did it to Kyrie and almost killed her a month ago on Raw? Yeah, I don't really mind it. I don't really love the move. It's kind of just, it's just more, I would say it's one of those moves that, yeah, it looks cool, but it just, I feel like there's a big, big, uh, like risk for air, like injury there. Of error, yeah. The yeah. big margin because like I was listening to a podcast. They're saying it's like you don't you're throwing someone, but they don't really know where they're going, and it's not the easiest bump to take. And the way you throw them, they could hit their head on the first, second, or third rope. If you don't throw them correctly, they can screw up their shoulder, their neck, head. Just it's just a move that doesn't need to happen. I'm not too too upset about it. Um, is it a cool spot? Yeah, but I think the margin of error outweighs the uh, purpose. It's not like anyone's winning on the move, so I, w- I would just get rid of it. Yeah, it's not even like it's a finisher, you know? Um, like when when the Stomp got banned a couple of years ago, I don't think anyone got hurt with that move. They just banned it because they thought, you know, it had negative you know connotations and like kids might be doing it, blah, blah, blah. But they ended up bringing it back a couple of years later, as they should have because it's a great move, and... As far as I know, it's still his finisher. I think he hit it on Raw this week on uh, on Korea, and I think maybe Black or whoever. But um, anyway, yeah, I don't really mind it. It's a cool move, but like like you said, there is a big margin for error there. It ended Sting's career many years ago. And again, just because one person got injured on it doesn't mean you should ban it. Like People really don't give a fuck about the Styles Clash because it, is it really that effective? Not really, um, when you when you really think about it. But I've always loved the Styles Clash. He's been doing it for so long. AJ, that is. AJ Styles. Um, I like the move. It looks cool. And he injured a lot of people with it after he left TNA. I think he injured Roderick Strong, Yoshitatsu. I don't know if his career ended, but he got hurt on it, almost broke his neck if he didn't or you know, officially break his neck. And maybe someone else. Um, but it was it was weird, though. It was like two or three people in a row. They just didn't know how to take the move. I think Lionheart, a wrestler who recently passed away, he uh, took the move wrong and almost broke his neck if he didn't, again, break his neck. But then once people figured out how to take it outside of the TNA bubble, there's been, I don't think, any issue since. So I'm glad that he, they haven't banned it. But uh, yeah, the Buckle Bomb doesn't use it as a finish anyway, so who really cares? But uh, you can ban Nia Jax all you want, though, because she's terrible. Like you said, it's not like, oh, you know what? She's terrible in the ring, but she has she's a great talker or she has a great presence. Like, when she was on Raw this week, did you pick up on the fact, and again, I'm not one to really get offended by certain things, and maybe I'm grasping here because I'm not a fan of hers, but she was talking about Asuka. She was like, blah, 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 oh, you know, rambling Japanese, blah, blah, blah. You know, Asuka, we've talked about before, I'm not a big fan of the whole Japanese rambling thing, but the way that Naya said it was really odd. Not that it was a racist thing to say, but it just seemed very odd that she would point out that all she does is ramble incoherently in Japanese. Did you pick up on that at all when she said that on Raw this week? 
I did, but I mean, I didn't really think much of it. But I mean, she just she's just terrible. I just gotta like I said, send her back down to developmental beginner course, please. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. Not even back on NXT TV, like you said. I would just put her back in the PC with uh, you know, Shotzi Blackheart for all I care. Don't don't kill her. She, you know, she has enough issues. She almost got hurt actually last week. Speaking of reckless, um, I'm not really sure whose fault it was. Reina Gonzalez chucked her from the ring at NXT last week, and her head hit flush right on the ground. And hopefully she's okay. I haven't really heard that she's hurt or that she suffered a concussion, but she looked like she got wrecked. I don't know if that's a Reina thing or if it was because Dakota Kai and uh, you know Tegan Knox didn't catch her. I don't really know, but it just did not look good. Or it was just a botch. I don't know. But uh, you know these people got to be more careful because it's just uh, I don't know. It's just not. It's just not a good move. Uh, I know that's not a buckle bomb, but it's it's a power bomb type of move, and they got to be more weary of people's heads. So anyway, takeover in your house this coming Sunday. Looking forward to the show. Five matches on tap as we talk right now. There has been a pre-show announced. Like I said earlier, no match has been announced for the kickoff show, which hopefully there won't be. I think five matches is plenty, as I said earlier. Um, you know, there's a lot of matches here I'm looking forward to, but we will start with Finn Balor, Damian Priest. We did talk two weeks ago when I asked you, uh, yay or boo on Damian Priest being revealed as the mystery attacker, Finn Balor. You said, boo, you're not a big Priest fan, but what are your expectations for this match, RJ? And who do you see going over in the end? I think it should be a good match. Like, I don't really like Priest as a wrestler. I think he's okay. I don't really like him as a character either, but I mean, Finn Balor is really good. So I'm expecting a good match here. More in Boo, because I, not that I don't like him, I just I think the whole plan was supposed to be Walter, obviously since Balor was feuding with the uh, with Imperium, and then due to whole COVID-19 and Walter still being in England, he just can't be here right now, so I think that's why they're doing this little feud with Priest, but I hope the end game is Balor versus Walter. Now, do you think they're just holding off on Balor and Walter till they could do... That, that what was the, the the takeover show? I think I I think they were gonna do Walter and Ilya Dragunov at the UK takeover in Dublin, which was originally scheduled for April. I think they were gonna do Balor and Walter probably at the takeover um, over WrestleMania weekend. So do you think they probably hold off on that until October, or do you think they might do it before then have the travel restrictions ease up soon? I would wait for a takeover. That's gonna be a big match. So I'd wait for a show, a big show to do it at. Do you think they might still do a takeover over SummerSlam weekend, or they just might? Play? I mean, assuming the takeover doesn't happen in Boston, which they haven't said yet, um, but I'm assuming it's not happening. Do you think they still do one in June or in August, or do they hold off until maybe September, like you know the the Fatal Four Way show a couple of years ago? Um, it just kind of depends on what's going on. Kind of, I would say this show probably would be. Um, kind of turning the wheels towards SummerSlam time. So, I mean, this is when you kind of start doing new feuds and stuff like that. I, I would say probably do it then if you could, but um, we'll see what happens with all travel restrictions and if they can have it in Boston and kind of all that kind of jazz. Now, Balor's been very heavily protected since he came back to NXT. He's only lost, I believe, two matches, uh, that being Adam Cole back in December for the NXT Championship, and then he recently got beat by Cameron Grimes on TV after interference from Damian Priest. So, with that being said, do you think... Well, you picked Balor, right? Or did you pick Priest? Balor. So, you picked Balor. Do you think with Priest, it's a guy... Again, I know you're not a big fan of his, but he's had multiple matches now. He was at that TakeOver War Game show. Lost. He lost to Keith Lee for the NXT North American Championship multiple times. Do you think this is a match that he could gain a lot from by winning? Or is it he's just a filler opponent of the month for Finn Balor just to get Balor on a TakeOver? 
I mean, he could. He would gain a ton of. He would get a, gain a ton out of winning. I just. I don't, know, I don't see him being a top guy, so I don't. I think the money's in Balor, so I, I would have Balor win. I wouldn't have him lose here. Yeah, I, I would probably keep him on un, not undefeated, but keep. I mean, he lost to Cameron Grimes, but keep him as strong as possible. Um, going into that Walter match, whenever it does happen, like you said, so I, I like Damian Priest. I think he could gain a lot from winning, um, as you said. But I do think if I had to choose, Balor's probably going over here. Uh, then we have. I was going to say the in-ring debut, which isn't accurate, but we're getting the takeover in-ring debut of Karrion Cross, whose theme song, awesome theme song, they uploaded to the WWE Music YouTube channel this past week, which is cool, um, facing Tommaso Ciampa. And one of Tommaso Ciampa's first matches since losing to Johnny a couple of months ago. He was in action on NXT a week ago. But other than that, the guy has not wrestled at all in the last couple of months. But, um, yeah, no, this should be a really good match. I'm a big Karrion Cross fan, not just from recently, but dating back to his impact, Lucha Underground days, Tommaso Ciampa's great too. This one is a bit more unpredictable because I feel like with Ciampa, you know, this one's tough. This one's tough just because Cross is new. He's never wrestled on a major stage before. He's been heavily protected. They, they clearly see dollar signs in Karrion Cross. But then you have a guy in Ciampa who, while is, you know, very... Um, protected in terms of like he could lose a million matches and still be fine because he's like established by this point. But you got to remember, he lost to Johnny in their pseudo takeover match a couple of months ago. He lost to Adam Cole before that in TakeOver Portland, um, at TakeOver Portland, failed to win the NXT Championship. So he really is not one on a TakeOver. You would have to go all the way back to the Aleister Black match at TakeOver... Um, God, I don't even remember what it was. Not Philadelphia. It was um January of uh oh Phoenix Takeover Phoenix in January of last year when he beat Alistair Black to retain the NXT Championship. So it's a tough one, RJ. Who would you have win here, and who do you think gains the most from winning this match? Uh, it's one of those things. I I don't think this is gonna be the only match these guys have. So even though I want Cross to win, I I wouldn't be shocked to chop a one here, and they do just like a blow off at. The SummerSlam weekend takeover, they have one. I, I would have Cross win, but because like, I think it just means more if he beats Ciampa. And even if they do a rematch, he wins again. Just kind of, I mean, Ciampa's kind of a big deal. So if you beat him twice, it'd be make him look like a star. Um, but like you said, uh, Ciampa hasn't really won on takeover in a while. So I'm going with Cross, but I, I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Ciampa won. Do you think that Ciampa loses anything in defeat by losing here and another match, as you said, to Cross? Oh, he's just like you said. He's kind of like Johnny Gargano. He can lose a thousand matches. I don't think it's going to change anything. Um, I, I would have Cross win both times and just kind of put him over as a as a as a as a big deal. But like you said, who knows what's going to happen. With Ciampa, I mean, the guy has done a lot. I mean, he held the championship for a long time, failed to regain it uh, from Cole earlier this year. I think this is a great spot for him because he's helping kind of put over the, the up-and-coming talent, so to speak, in NXT, someone who has a lot of potential. I believe in that. And Carrion uh, uh, Cross. it's it's kind of hard to not say Killer Cross, but Carrion uh, Cross, And he's not in the title picture. And even if, let's say, Velveteen Dream wins on Sunday... I just, I mean, I don't want to see Ciampa and Dream again. We saw the match a couple of years ago. It's not really a match I want to see right now. So I think this is a great spot for him. Um, but we mentioned Ciampa. For Karrion Cross, though, how far do you think he can go in NXT and beyond, even further on in the main roster? Um, I really like him. I'm not really too familiar with his uh, TNA work or kind of anything outside WWE. But I, I think he could be an NXT champion, I think, in main roster I could see him as a really good mid-card guy I'm not sure exactly how they see him up there but I think he could be the face of NXT I think 
he's a big enough. They can make him a big enough star that he could be the guy. Um, I think they're, not that the well's running out, but it's starting to get a little bit damper in NXT with the with the talent they have, especially if like Cole and them leave, and then Gargano Chop leave. They'd be kind of oh, screw, but they don't really have too many other stars. So I think he has the perfect potential to be like their next big star. And what are your thoughts on the pairing that he has with Scarlett as uh, with her serving as his on-air, you know, manager, valet, whatever? Love it. The act together is just money. It really is. I'm honestly shocked that they've been dating for a long time because we actually saw them. Um, do you remember when we saw them at StarCast when we went to Vegas? Yes. They were they were there. You knew Scarlett Bordeaux, but I don't know if you knew who Killer Cross. But you probably did. I don't remember. But um, you know, we saw them. We saw Scar- Scarlett Bordeaux. Who looks great in person, by the way. Um, even more so than she does on TV, which is saying something. But, you know, she was with Karrion because they were an item even then. But Impact never put them together, which was very odd to me. Um, and she was a big deal on her own. But the thing with Scarlett is that she is not the greatest in-ring wrestler of all time. She's like, not literally, but Brandy Rhodes on drugs. Where she's a great valet, but like even a way better valet and a better wrestler. But that's not her strong suit. Like Brandy Rhodes, I mean, we've talked quite a bit about Brandy. She's a very nice person. She's terrible in the ring. But I think she thrives... Not as a manager, she's terrible at that too. But as a valet, like she is for Cody Rhodes. Um, and I think Scarlett, while not as bad as Brandy in the ring, uh, definitely better on the mic in my opinion, just as an, as an act, it's, it's money. Like it, like we, we said the same thing about Andrade and Zelina years ago in NXT, and they've been pushed to an extent on the main roster. Hopefully they have even more success on, on Raw and SmackDown than Andrade and Zelina have because they're just terrific together in my opinion. Um, it, it's just safe to say that I know we every time we do these takeover NXT ta- NXT takeover predictions, we always talk about oh this person could be introduced, we might see this person in the crowd, blah blah blah. Is it safe to say we won't be seeing any new faces on this show? Yeah, I don't, I don't believe we will. Probably see if anything like legends or anything, but what's going on out? I don't even know if we'll see that. You know, it's interesting because we, we're seeing right now a lot of people being brought in to, um. Uh, AEW and Impact, Impact teased picking up some of the old WWE people, which was a little bizarre. Like I could see Eric Young going there, but like an EC3. I mean, I don't know. You don't. I know you don't really care about him, but like to me, that would feel like a step backward. Or a Gallows and Anderson, yeah, maybe, but I don't know. Uh, Mike Bennett, Mike Canellis, whatever. I could see that 110. percent They are already have signed Diana Perazzo. AEW picking up um, the revival, of course. The FTR now. They've picked up Brian Cage. They're still signing people left and right. Um, is there anyone right now in wrestling that you could see going to WWE and they just haven't picked them up due to the whole current circumstance? Like, oh, we're not going to fire all these people and then bring someone in, you know? So, like, is there anyone right now in wrestling that you could see going to WWE in the not-too-distant future in different circumstances? Uh, no one I can think of at the top of my head. I'm not too familiar kind of with, like, what's going on contract-wise with other people in other companies. So, I can't say anyone... Uh... With a definite, but I mean, I think eventually probably like a Jay White would probably be someone that WWE would be interested in. Just I could do that. Know. Yeah, no, he's great. Jay White's awesome. I don't know what his status uh, is, con- you know, contractually and just where he's living out of, like, you know, stuff like that. I'm not sure if he would be interested in coming to, over to the U.S., but um, yeah, no, I think Jay White would be perfect. That's That's a really interesting name. So we move from there to the NXT Women's Championship match, which on paper has a lot of potential. The issue with this match is that, not that I don't care, because again, I'm looking forward to it, I like the match. The issue 
And I want to see if you agree with me. And I think we talked about this last week. It feels like Rhea and Io have lost a lot of momentum and fanfare from where we were even two or three months ago. Would you agree? Um, I mean, you can't really tell because there's no crowds. You can't really say that they've lost fanfare. No, I agree. Not. Yeah, I just, maybe not fanfare, think, yeah. But I'll definitely go back to what I said before. I just think Charlotte did more hurt than did good for the women's division. They could have earned this by now. Or this, it could have just been them one-on-one finally big break that and she beats Rhea and gets the big rub at that point but no had to give the Charlotte no idea why it has not helped NXT at all the ratings have been worse than they've ever been not just saying that that's why because she's the champion but I think people are just sick of Charlotte they see her on Raw they see her on Smackdown we only see her on NXT either it's just a little much at this point and now that Becky's gone I hope this is where she drops the belt goes back to Raw and then we just don't see her ever again on, on, on NXT no, I, I hope so. The, the issue with Charlotte Flair, which we've brought up ad nauseum here on this show over the last two months, is that it's not like she's exclusive to NXT, which in and of itself is an issue because we don't need her on this show, but she's still appearing on Raw. Hell, she was on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, so she's still all over Raw and whatnot. Her being on NXT changes nothing. If anything, it's just worse off. It overexposes her, and we've talked about the overexposure in the past with certain people. It's just, it's just not good. I don't want to see... As much as I love, for example, AJ Styles, I don't want to see him on two out of the three shows of the week. Like, I think that I think they're just too much. With Rhea and Io, what I mean is, I know Io got hurt, so that kind of halted her momentum, whatever momentum she had prior to the injury. Uh, Rhea, like, you know, she was appearing on Raw, and they just completely dropped that. Maybe just because she's no longer the champion, but she was on Raw quite a bit leading up to WrestleMania. No longer. Um, they lost last week in that tag team match to Flair and Chelsea Green with EO getting pinned, which I think is, I mean, Rio getting pinned wouldn't be much better, but like EO needs wins right now. I know she won the ladder match, but she really has not won many major matches. She needs the win and uh, she lost, which was weird. So then we get to this match. What I like about it is that what scares me too is that any one of these women could win. And that includes Charlotte. I could absolutely see them dragging this out as long as possible. Probably build, in my opinion, to a Rhea and Charlotte rematch one-on-one. Likely either at the next TakeOver or, um, if not at the next TakeOver, then maybe on NXT TV itself, leaving EO out in the cold. So uh, my pick is is Charlotte. My, my brain says Charlotte. My, you know, I, I'm thinking it will be Charlotte. It could be Rhea. I want EO. I really want EO to win this. I think it's time. Dude, we we have been there for almost every opportunity that she's gotten at this championship. We were there at TakeOver New York and she lost. We were there at TakeOver Bridgeport and she lost. She was at the TakeOver, uh, uh, what was it, on TV, that Steel Cage match when she turned heel, she lost. You know, she's gotten various opportunity and she's always lost. And if it leads to her heel turn, then that's great. But she's continuing to lose and it's not good. So you have Io here winning this match, right? This has got to be a must-win situation for Io Shirai on this show. It's it's a must-win. She loses again. I mean, I, I just I don't know what you do with her at this point. She's done everything in NXT, basically. She loses here. There's nothing else for her to do, really. She's done it all. Um, I just if she loses again, might as well just see what uh, what Japan's offering her because they're not going to do her much better on the main roster. I, I don't see. Um, and clearly, or just say, hey, see if a if your contract's up, see what AEW is offering. 
TNA, whatever. She, I just if they just don't give her the belt again, and she's been before. Obviously, this time she was really hot, especially before she got hurt. If they're not going to pull the trigger now, they're never going to do it. So if if, if she doesn't get the win, and they're just going to just not use her correctly, might as well just wait till her contract's up and go somewhere else. It's not even worth it at this point, I would say. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, and I may have asked you about this last week, but do you think they're keeping her, I mean, she's in the title picture, but do you think they're refraining from putting the belt on her until they know for a fact that she's sticking around, standing with Kyrie Sane? I mean, that can't be the mentality that you have. You can't be like, oh, well, we're not going to put the title on her because we don't know if she's going to stay. Well, if you fucking treat her correctly, she would maybe she would have resigned already. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I Did Baszler, did Baszler need to hold the title as long as she did? No. It just, and then when she would turn the heel, that's when she was like, she had a big momentum, beat Candice, got really hot. Then they didn't do anything with her. She didn't even challenge for the belt, and was just kind of there. And then when she goes to challenge for it, they give it to fucking Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, I just don't get it. And like I said, at this point, as a heel, this is the hottest she's been. She loses again. I mean, technically, if Charlotte beat Rhea. They, the thing is, she can't if she they if she loses, she can't be getting like she can't be the one getting pinned. Because at least if Rio got pinned or Charlotte got pinned, she could still say, "Well, I didn't get pinned." Yep, like Damian well, Priest a couple of months ago. Exactly. So technically, she, I guess Rhea could beat Charlotte, and then they could just do a one on one at the next show. But I, I just think if she loses again, even though technically didn't lose, it just doesn't look good for her. If she's gonna win, this is the time to win. She can fucking pin Charlotte, and then she can face Rhea. Rhea loses, and she goes up to Ron SmackDown. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just if she loses here, might like I said, might as well wait till your contract's up and see what else is up. Because I guarantee, if she's a free agent, AEW will throw a ton of money at her because she's fucking amazing. Oh, 100 percent. Would you? How much money would you pay to see Io Shirai versus Akira Shida for the AEW Women's Championship? I wouldn't pay fifty dollars on pay per view. I know that because that's too much. <laughs> I'm a, now that Becky's gone, Io is definitely my favorite women's wrestler in WWE. So, I mean, if, if they're not going to treat her right, she might as well just leave. No, I agree. Um, of the two, I don't think either of them are leaving, in my opinion. That's just my projection. But of the two, who do you think is most likely to leave, Kyrie Sane or Io Shirai? Um, I would say Io. You think so? At least Kyrie's seen some success. And not that they're doing right by her, but... At least she's like on a prominent role on Raw. She's won, she won the May Young Classic. She won the NXT Championship, tag team um, champion, tag team champion. She's on, she's on Raw weekly, even mm-hmm. though she's getting her ass kicked. But I mean, at least she's on <laughs> Raw. She had a title reign. I mean, on on NXT, just I, I don't know. At least she's gotten that. Eo's got fucking nothing. She has nothing to show for. She lost in the May Young Classic. She hasn't won anything on NXT. She changed face and heel. And it just, I don't know. So with Io, what was the thing I was going to say? Oh, I thought you might say Kyrie Sane just because she feels that her life might be in jeopardy every time she steps in the ring on Raw nowadays, whenever she's facing Nia Jax. I mean, that's possible too, but I just think <laughs> at least she's seen some success. Or that maybe, I just think, I think if, at least in my mindset, if I was in a company and they're like, oh, we're resigning you, we'll give you a good amount of money. At least if I was had some success, I'd have some thought that, hey, maybe they'll start pushing me a little bit or 
maybe I'll get a little bit more. If I've had nothing this whole time, there's like, you're a great wrestler, but like someone else, like I just be like, fuck you and leave. Yeah, no, exactly. Like it's it just booking malpractice at this point to book her to be as hot as she is and then not put the championship on her. It's basically like teasing her. Now, I, I know there has been other circumstances. Rhea got really hot and they put the belt on her, which was great. I would be saying the same thing about Rhea if they didn't put the belt on her when they did. Um, but like you said, I feel like it just would have made sense to do Rhea and Io one-on-one at either the TakeOver uh, over Mania weekend if things didn't go to shit, or at this show. And they're not doing, they didn't do either one of those things. They threw it out as the random TV main event, lasted five minutes, and then Io, of course, Charlotte comes on, fucking ruins it. So, um, you know, just, I don't know. I, I feel like she has to win here. But I'm going to say Charlotte because I know what this company, you know, is, is, is you know, their, their tendency, their track record, what they're capable of. I think Charlotte retains LOL. Um, if it ain't EO, is there really any, I mean, it's gotta be Rhea or EO taking that championship from Charlotte at this point, right? It's not going to be a Tegan Knox or something, right? I, I think it has to be either one of them. I'm, I'm just, I, I mean, Tegan's still not even done with Dakota yet, it seems like. So I think they're going to revisit that feud maybe, but I mean, I would, like I said, I would have EO win here. They can do a rematch of the next show. And then after that show, they can do EO and Dakota. I don't even care if you are a small race. She just deserves to be the champion, mm-hmm. and then they can pull her up from there if they're if they, if that's what they're going to do. But I just if if they're not if she doesn't win here, what do you do with her? That's yeah. my that's my biggest question. If she does not win here, what do you do with her? Not there's nothing else for her to do. Mm-hmm. It's like Bianca Belair losing five times and then finally getting called up. Although they're not doing anything with her now, but you know at least. At least she's on the main roster officially, you know. In NXT, she lost the championship opportunity multiple times, and they finally got, got they finally called her up. With EO, it just feels like there's just nothing for her there. So, yeah, I hope she wins. That that is my hope, though. I do see her unfortunately losing on this show. Uh, bonus question for you: I just for, completely forgot about this. In terms of matches, they could add. I know on NXT last week they were teasing Imperium versus Birch and Lorcan. So randomly, if they add that either as a you know TV uh, match one of these days or a kickoff or on the show itself, who wins, Imperium or a Bor- uh, Borkin, uh, Birch or Lorkin? Imperium. I'm over Birch, Birch and Orkin or whatever the fuck their names are. <laughs> they're, just, they're just basically enhancement talent. I'm just I'm all set with that. They've been here for so long. It's like if you were gonna put the belts on the guys, I feel like the, maybe the best time to do it would have been, and I'm glad they didn't. But it probably would have been that Takeover Chicago show. Actually, maybe not, because the crowd was cheering very heavily for um for Undisputed Air that night. But still, I mean, that was like their their biggest opportunity, and then they lost, and they really have not been the same since. But yeah, I agree with you. It would probably have to be Imperium. Uh, we have the the tag team division is in shambles because Riddle uh, Riddle and Thatcher are over. You know, Riddle, the Broser weights are over because you know Riddle's on SmackDown now, so we won't even see the payoff to that angle. We have no idea what's going on with them. Um, so they're gone. We have Indish here. We have not seen on the show in forever. Ever rise are just losers. Uh, what more needs to be done to improve the NXT tag team division in your opinion? They just need more teams. I, I think they're like grizzled young vets are going to join the ranks. And then obviously whole COVID-19 situation happened, but just like once they, I think even just like, I just, once they undisputed error leaves, I think it's going to leave a big hole in NXT and I'm interested to see what happens. I just think tag team, mid card, and main event. Once they all go, it's just going to be very interesting to see what they do there. But the tag, like you said, maybe I, th- I think is I like Everrise is like the Canadian guys, right? Yeah, they're the Canadian guys. Yeah, 
I, I like them. I think they're actually pretty good, even though they're considered jobbers. I think they're actually pretty good wrestlers. So mm-hmm. maybe I actually turn them into something that actually means something and they can be a decent tag team. But they've only been booked basically as a job guy. So maybe put some, I would say put some interest in them and maybe they could turn them around. But besides that, it's not like they can really pluck out new talent at this point. Speaking of call-ups, I know there was a rumor this past week of Dominic Dijakovic being called up. Now, Riddle was rumored about a week ago. We talked about it here on the show, and that was rumored on Tuesday. He was called up on Friday. So, um, I mean, there's a very good chance the same thing would happen with Dijak. I guess instead of SmackDown, it would be Raw. Again, another guy you're not too, too fond of. Do you see him having any success on the main roster? No. (laughs) Fuck no. Do you think he's another guy where, and I'm a big fan of his, I, I really like Jack. I think he's great. Do you think he could be another Apollo Crews, where he's a great hand, he can go in the ring, but they just will never, ever really focus on him? I mean... Before, I, before, I mean, obviously Crews is champion now, but I'm talking for the first five years, though. Yeah, definitely. I think, the thing is, the only thing I'll say that's different is, I think Apollo Crews could have probably been even bigger in NXT. I think Dijakovic and NXT's been booked correctly. I think he's kind of like a mid-card guy. Definitely not hotter than Keith Lee, so that's why he doesn't hold the belt, but I just, I don't see him as NXT champion. Apollo Crews, I think, could have, if they gave him more time, I think that's another thing that kind of hindered his beginning. Like, he was just starting to find his footing in NXT, and then they immediately called him up, and then they had him do nothing. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's kind of the difference between them. I, I, I kind of see, like you said, I could see Dijakovic having a similar run that Cruz had when he first started off, just kind of being there. Like I said, good hand in the ring, just never going to get past a certain level. But um, we'll see. Like I said, not a big fan of his as well. Like he's good, but like just not, I don't see him ever being the guy. No, I don't see them pushing him very heavily on Raw. I think he could have a couple, like, I fear that when they call him up, which is inevitable. I mean, he's a very tall guy. That means nothing, though. I know Vince is, you know, very fond of the bigger guys, the tall guys, whatever. I know Braun's a big guy, but they didn't do jack shit with him for years. So I know he's had a lot of accomplishments, but they booked him into an oblivion. So I don't really see Dijak being much different. Uh, although I hate to say that because again, I, I like his work a lot. But with um, you know, a, a guy like him, and just you know, he might be being called up. The undisputed air might be getting you know might be getting called up soon. Riddle's now gone. Do you think this leaves a void that may not be filled in NXT anytime soon? Because anytime we see these call-ups, they immediately replenish the pot. Like, we have Thatcher now, we have Cross, they have Phantasma. But, like, when these people leave, they're going to have even a bigger void than they did before. Do you think that might pose a problem for NXT going forward? Or do you think they'll be fine? I think they'll be fine. I think they've always been able to... I think, like I said, perfect example. of Undisputed Arrow leaves, which is, I mean, bound to happen. I could easily see them pushing ever the ever rise team and yep. actually make something because i think they're really good wrestlers and they just haven't really got that push yet but they could push them they could be the hottest thing for all we know i think nxt's done a good job with that of like you said replenishing the pot kind of just taking guys that they weren't really focusing on and then putting a lot of effort in them and actually making them a big deal you know i like lorkin and birch but i'm kind of surprised they're still trying with them when we know where they're not going to win the tag team titles when you have ever rise when you could be building up them instead isn't that odd to you it is odd, but, I mean, especially with what's going on, I don't know if that hinders anything. I don't, like, uh, I don't really know, so. No, I understand. I get it. But, um, you know, Dijak, what I was going to say real quickly was that I feel like when he gets called up to Raw, it very well may be a similar situation to Neville. Remember when he got called up, we were calling him, like, he never won. 
ever. Like, the guy would always have a good showing. Like, he took John Cena to the limit. He took uh, Seth Rollins to the limit. He took Cody Rhodes to the limit. Wade Barrett. But he never won a fucking match. Or at least whenever it mattered most. Like, it was ridiculous how, how often this guy lost. Um, do you think Dijak might be in a similar role when he gets called up, probably? It's possible. I, I, I don't think anyone... I don't think anyone was really as booked as bad as Neville was when he first got called up. But, uh, <laughs> the, the cape sealed his fate. <laughs> you think? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. It's just interesting to say. I, like I said, I feel like NXT normally does the right thing. I think lately they've kind of steered away from that, doing the right thing with certain people. So I'll be interested to see what happens. Hopefully they can figure it out, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, we have Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. They've both been on the same brand now for about almost two years. I don't think they've ever gone one-on-one before, so I'm looking forward to this. should be a great match. Um, Lee has had multiple successful matches against Roderick Strong, Damian Priest, Dominic Dijakovic, Cameron Grimes. You name them, he's beaten them. He's beaten almost everyone in that division so far. Um, Could this be it? Could this be the end of, of Keith Lee's reign as the NXT North American Champion? I would say yes. Um, I think the pastures are brighter for him. I think he's been a great champion, North American champion. I think, especially at a time when before this whole situation happened, he was he was really hot going in the Royal Rumble, stuff like that. I think he was kind of being looked at possibly title reign, but it just never happened. So I could see him losing the belt here to Gargano and then contending for the the uh, World Championship down the line. World Championship as an NXT Championship or the main roster World Championship? I, both, I mean, I think both is, are attainable for him. I think he's that good. Um, I would say, obviously, NXT first. Once he wins out, to runs a course, he could definitely call him up. But if play the card right, if they play the cards right, he could be a big deal for the company. Well, you're probably in agreement that, you know, if they call him up, if he loses the championship here, which was my prediction too. They don't. They, they can't call him up right now, right? Because NXT again, if they call up Undisputed Era and all these other people, it probably would not be the right time for Keith Lee, right? Correct. I, I like I said, I would have, if he loses here, I would have him contend for the title next. I I think Cole's going to retain, so I, I would have him face Cole next and have him be the one that beats Cole for the title, and then you can call Undisputed Era from there, and then he could be the face of NXT for a little bit. Uh, um, but I, that's what I would do. I, I like I said, I think he's a great talent, great in the ring, great part. Decent promo guy. I just think he has star written all over him. And uh, like I said, if the company plays their cards right, they could, they, he could be a real big deal for the company. Yeah. Bask in his glory. I'm looking forward to seeing how they uh, progress with his push going forward. I know we kind of got your thoughts on it when it first started happening a, a few months ago, but what have been your thoughts on the progression of the heel act of Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, and Candice LeRae in recent months? It's, it's pretty good. I mean, the issue with Gargano, he, he just, like, yeah, like I think he'll win here, but just... I think it comes to a point that he needs to just move on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, he's the fucking face of NXT and he's the vet and all this other crap. But just like, okay, you're the face of a developmental program. What's that really? <laughs> I just, I, I like Johnny Gagano. I think he's a great wrestler. But it comes to a point that, like, you just got to move on. I mean, eventually, unless you just, the new stuff is just him working with the, the new talent. I mean, he's done everything in NXT. He's won all the titles. He's beaten every, he's, but on takeovers, had great matches with everyone. It's just like, don't you want to like go to the main roster and like see what you can do? I mean, obviously, depending on what happens, they might just book him to be a loser. But I, I just, I just don't think staying in NXT is just ever gonna like that. Can't just be like his goal. 
No, exactly. I'm really surprised just because, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's been here for literally five years. He was in the first Dusty Rhodes tag team class, or Ciampa too. But Ciampa's been injured a bunch of times, so it feels like he has more people to work with than Gargano does. And he hasn't won all the championships. Gargano has literally done everything in that on that show. Aside from winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which he's competed in multiple times already. Um, you know, he's a heel now, which he had a really short run at initially a couple of you know, a couple of years ago, about a year ago. And this could be fun and it has been good so far. But I just beyond yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's just done literally everything. So they gotta move on at some point. I I, I definitely agree. Like he's a great gatekeeper for that show in terms of like all the new talent have to go through him but he's like a glorified version of Cassius Ono at that point which is a fine role to be in but for a guy as good as him I would like to see him on Raw and SmackDown mixing it up with AJ Styles mixing it up with Daniel Bryan mixing it up with Seth Rollins Um, because if he doesn't if he never moves we'll never get to see those matches which he may not give a shit about Ciampa may never give a shit about but I don't know I I just feel like it's you know he's great in NXT but they need to move on because he's also feuded with everyone. Like, I don't want to see him as NXT champion again. I don't want to see him, you know, he, this would be his second reign as NXT North American champion. So at some point, I feel like they got to move on. Uh, but you did mention before your prediction for the main event, Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole for the NXT championship. Adam Cole, now the one-year running NXT champion. Um, I think he's losing here. Otherwise, I don't really know why they would book a rematch. I know the stipulation is if Dream loses, he'll never get a shot at the title again as long as Cole is champion. Usually when they do that type of shit, they win. And I know they needed a main event on short notice for this takeover because it was like two or three weeks after Cole already beat Dream. So that's probably why they couldn't build up Keith in time. You know, Keith is busy with Johnny right now. I just, I have Cole winning here and you said, I'm sorry, I have Dream winning here. You said Cole, but I, even with my Cole, you know, losing prediction, I can't get behind the idea of Velveteen Dream being the NXT champion right now. I just don't think it's the time. I feel like, if anything, dude, they should have done it a year or two ago. Yeah, he's cooled off a lot lately. Obviously, no crowds. They were, I just think he's... I don't know. I just... I, 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 it's not that I don't like him. Like I think he's a decent talent, but I just... I just don't see him as... He's just, I don't see him as the face of the company, as of NXT. Like, Adam Cole, face of NXT... If he loses the belt, I think Keith Lee would be the perfect guy to take off him. I'm going to be the guy, and I just I just don't think Dream... Like, Dream, to me, at this point, I, I, don't, I don't think NXT will do good in the ratings as champion, especially if Undisputed Era leaves. I just don't think it's his time. I, I just think they missed the boat on that, and I just don't think he's the one to beat Cole. No, I agree. I feel like... Like I said earlier, I feel like if there was any time to put the belt on him, maybe not after the Aleister Black match, like, that was a little soon, but I feel like people forget, you know, we talk about... Adam Cole. We talk about Johnny Gargano Ciampa. I think people tend to forget that Dream has been in NXT for almost, actually over three years now. He actually debuted right after that uh, the Orlando takeover that we went to. And uh, he was there for the summer, and then he did the Black Feud, whatever. So he's been there for a really, really long time. Uh, I just, I don't know. He's won the North American Championship. He got hurt. I feel like that injury really hurt his momentum. Because he has not been the same since. If they had him take the belt off of Adam late in that last year, I might have been more open to it. But it's just been so long. And, I mean, yeah, he deserves it. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like without a crowd, it's not the same. He's a good worker. But the gimmick is just not clicking right now without an audience. I know they have the wrestlers there. But it's not the same. 
Um, you know, they were talking about him as being like the next big star in the main roster. John Cena wanted to work with him. Say he loses here. You, you said that he's losing. That's your prediction. I don't think he is. I think this is they're they're clearly painting a picture of Cole winning. I'm I'm sorry, of Cole losing. I really do think Dream's gonna win. Although I don't really want that. Although I am a Dream fan. Say Dream loses, according to you. Does he also go to Raw? Does he also go to SmackDown? A lot like Cole or whoever else in the immediate future. I, I think. Well, if he loses here, I think I would just at that point just call him up. But at this, I wouldn't have him face. I don't know what else you do with him, really. I, I would have if he wins or if he loses, I'd have him get called up. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, I'm not his biggest fan. I think the gimmick is very. Um, trying to think how to say it. Tired, just maybe. Like, it has like point. The gimmick is what it is, but I just don't think I'll ever get him to the point, especially on the main roster. Like he'll be the guy. Yeah, no, I so, understand. Yeah, I think. Lately, WWE, I think they've done a good job of kind of not pigeonholing guys with the gimmicks, not like like NXT, like Choppa, Cole, Gargano, Keith Lee, like all them, they have their own characters. Yeah, but it's not like, oh, that's going to hold them back. I think they all like, they all have the chance of becoming something big. With that gimmick, it just, he's not going to be the face of WWE as of what, what he's doing right now. So yeah, yeah. it just... I would just call him up. I just, I just don't know what to do with him at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird because it's not like he's gonna click immediately with no fans on the main roster. Like I just feel like they need fans, and I don't know. I feel like he, I feel like they missed the boat with him. And I know he got hurt, but maybe a year ago, maybe it's the thing with him though. I feel like would this be an accurate depiction, dude? When I say that he might be like the new Tyler Breeze where, like, his time would have been early on. Like, he was really hot when he first started, and then he lost, and then he lost. And Dreams won a lot of matches, don't get me wrong. But I feel like, a lot like with Breeze, it was never the right time. Like, he was always a bridesmaid, never the bride, in terms of, like, you know, they had Adam Cole, they had Ciampa, they had Gargano, they had this guy, they had that guy as champion. But Black, or, I'm sorry, Dream, it was never his It was never his time. You know, they had Aleister Black, they had this guy, they had that guy. It was just never Dream's time, which is probably what hurt him more than anything. Would you agree or no? Yeah, I completely agree. I just, especially with Tyler Breeze, I feel like anytime he was getting momentum, they'd bring in like Kevin Owens and Finn Balor mm-hmm. and Shinsuke and just the list goes on. He was just in a, I think he was even in a worse situation. Anytime he was getting hot, they bring in a, a new guy that was even bigger than he was at the time, and then they just move on from him. So I just. I could see, the thing is, I just also, with his gimmick, I just don't see the WWE, especially the main roster, just doing well by him. I could see him being the next fucking Adam Rose, be a fucking flash in the pan on Raw or SmackDown, and then you'll never see him again. I, I hope he's not Adam Rose. I hope he fares a little better from a little, a little better for himself than Adam Rose, but I guess you never really know. I, I don't know if I ever thought Adam Rose would be a top champion, but there there is an episode of the show where you were on years and years ago where I was praising the Rosebuds, I was on the Rosebud hype train, and then he fell off a fucking cliff. So, you know, you never really know. You never really know. But I'm, I'm going to have to say Adam Cole loses here. Velveteen Dream becomes the new champion. Hope not, but that's what I see happening. So that is our TakeOver In Your House uh, prediction preview show in a nutshell. I'm looking forward to the show overall. Uh, what are your overall expectations, RJ, for Sunday night? I think it should be a good show. I'm excited. Um, clearly people, as you can tell, Graham goes with who he thinks is going to win. I just go who I want to win. <laughs> clearly. 
So just giving everyone a heads up. Whenever we do these, this is all who I want to win, not who technically will win. So, but sometimes but you're like, right. Sometimes you are you are right half of the time, if not more than that. Sometimes so. I'm right, but I mean, sometimes I'm definitely wrong as well. So, um, I think it's gonna be a good show. I mean, if Eo doesn't win, I might not ever watch NXT again. But <laughs> besides that, besides that, I think it should be a good show. I'll have to give you a call after she taps out to the figure eight. <laughs> if she taps out, I'm not watching the main event. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, this has been great, brother. People can find you on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau. Looking forward to breaking it down all next week. We're not only reviewing TakeOver, what is it, uh, TakeOver in your house, how can I forget, um, next week. We're also previewing Backlash. So a lot to get to, um, but also over under. What, what are the odds that we see the in your house set on Sunday night? Oh, I hope so. That that would be pretty cool. Don't know if they're actually going to bring it back, but I think that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, I hope so. Hopefully, I'm hoping so. Fingers crossed. It should be awesome. Looking forward to the show. This has been great, Mister Marceau. Take care, and I'll catch your ass next week, sir. Sounds good. All right, adios, brother.